Hello and welcome to the Midas Touching. I'm your host Tris Chusa and this is Charlie Bradford. last week obviously an unbelievable episode with tom fanshaw who correctly tipped space blues charlie appleby dominating out in del mar we also had two winners in the form of golden pal and loves only you in that philly and mares race i mean it was just an incredible weekend and i can't wait till the breeders cup of 2022 Anyway, let's switch our attention to this week. As discussed on our Instagram, we're going to be running a head-to-head competition between mine and Charlie's tip. It's going to run from Friday with that 3.30 race at Cheltenham all the way through to Sunday at 2.20 and the Schler chase also at Cheltenham. We've got five races that we're going to be tipping against each other in and it's set to be a hot competition with a forfeit for the loser which will be announced on our instagram and posted there afterwards anyway without further ado let's get on with the racing this weekend so let's begin with the 3:30 at cheltenham on friday the ballymore novices hurdle also known as the hyde novices hurdle Currently, our favourite is Jelena Bello for Paul Nichols. Off your Rocco, second favourite for Gordon Elliott, 11 to 4. Blazing Carl for Charles Burns, 11 to 2. Keith Hernando for Dan Skelton, 9s. Current mood for Evan Williams is at 12 to 1. Then you've got Glenn Cassley for Charlie Longston at 20s. And finally, Kirvar, who actually ran today at Market Raisin, so I'm not sure they're going to be turning up, is 150 to 1. Um, that is, yeah, that, that brings up the rear and is not going to win. Um, or run probably or run probably but yeah, well it might run because actually yeah, if, it's, if it's still in here after declarations then maybe it will i don't know what do you think tough race this it is a tough race and there's not really a lot of form to go on so which makes it definitely a lot harder i guess um i wanted to go with k fernando here he's trained by um dan skelton who tends to do pretty well at the start of the season. They they tend to fire early, these horses. Kay Fernando's, in fact, already had a run and a win. Uh, that was at Carlisle with uh, none other than Mr. Whitaker in behind, who is a very decent chaser in his own right, going hurdling this season for the first time, I believe. Uh, for our friends of the podcast. Friends of the podcast. Jim, if you're listening, hey, shout out to you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Mr. Whitaker, Mr. Whitaker's already gone and franked that form. Uh, he won next time out at uh, a novices hurdle at Kelso. So that that bit of form is already looking quite strong. I don't know too much about the top of the market. I mean, that favourite of Nichols's looks looks fairly strong. Gordon Elliott's bringing one over, always interesting. But I'm just, I'm just going to side with Kay Fernando, who looking at it here is the best price nine to one. So there's a bit of juice in that price. Yeah, that I mean that would be it. Would be a nice start in the competition if if you did land that with Kay Fernando. Um, I kind of like the Gordon Elliott one here actually. You know that 
the favourite, the Nichols one. Str- he's got a strong strong chance. He ran well in that bumper. Wouldn't necessarily have suited his style of running. Uh, being more suited to a, a longer trip. Then put a nice performance in on hurdling bow last time out against a couple of bumper winners. But yeah, his his current mark's largely unknown. So I'm gonna I'm gonna side with the Gordon Elliott trained off your Rocco. Now, I hope you don't think I'm off my Rocco for thinking this. But this one was really impressive on a seasonal bow, beating well backed Willie Mullins favourite far out, who had won a maiden hurdle in May and then won a novice's hurdle during the Galway Festival at the end of July. The last time won a listed contest beating a reasonably good yardstick in the Little Yank at Limerick when stepped up to the extended two-mile four. Seemed to love the step up and trip. Finished off his race really strongly when not even jumping the final two fences too well. He's won going left-handed. He's won on an undulating track at Downpatrick. He's still on the up. And in my opinion, he's a rock-solid bet at 11-4 with Davy Russell coming over for Ireland to take the ride at Cheltenham. What about that £5 penalty? He's good enough to he's good enough to to defeat that penalty. I think um, obviously having having won that that listed race last time at, at Limerick. Fair. So we've done that first race. That's the three thirty on Friday. Hopefully, you guys will have had a nice Friday night. We will have had a quiet one, and then we come in on the Saturday afternoon. In my eyes, the biggest race of the weekend: the Paddy Power. Gold Cup chase. Likely to have the most amount of betting turnover on it. You're likely to get a great bit of value if you can find the right horse. If we look at the market for this one, Layla currently heads the market for Paul Nichols at 6-1, to one, the ex-Kayleigh Woolacott horse. Then you've got Protectorat, who obviously won that grade one for Dan Skelton at Aintree. Al Dancer for Sam Thomas at 8-1. to one. Midnight Shadow for Sue Smith at 10s. Zanza at 12s for Philip Hobbs. Caribbean Boy and Galahad Quest at 14s. Cool Cody, last year's champion, 16s, alongside Simply the Bets, who obviously had that trainer change from Harry Whittington to Paul Nichols. Then you got Dostal at 18s. Man of the Mountain, 20s. Nietzsche, 20s. Spirit of the Games, 22s, alongside Faraday. Paint the Dream at 22s. And they're 28 to 1. Bar that, this looks like a hugely competitive race. Where do you see it going? Yeah, I had a good look at this race and I've landed on one that's actually already been quite heavily punted and that's Midnight Shadow for Sue Smith and Ryan Mania. One for the Scots. <laughs> uh, they're, they're bringing this one, yeah, as you say, all the way down from Scotland. Um, he's already had a run this season. Last time out, he, he ran against All Mankind and Itchy Feet. Uh, he lost second in, in the sort of in the final strides in what was a great a great finish to that race. His jumping was was near faultless all the way around, uh, apart from the second last, which I think really cost him. And uh, as I say, what was a tight finish. So, if he can go around it in a faultless performance this time, I'm hoping he's going to go a bit closer though third is a very good effort and a nice little pipe opener for him it's not it's worth noting that a lot of the other horses at the top of the market haven't actually had a run yet this season so they're coming here off the back of a fair layoff uh it's something that i do look for when i'm when i'm looking at these these jumpers early season i want them to have had a nice prep run ideally um i just it's it's something i like to see in a horse uh so so this one fits the bill for that perfectly 
Midnight Shadow also really enjoys it around Cheltenham, which is, as we know, an important thing. Uh, four of his five highest RPRs have come at this course, uh, with two wins, a second and a 10-length sixth uh, in the Marsh Novices Hurdle behind the likes of Sam Crow, Mellon and Faheen. So that's obviously not bad, although, of course, you do have to go a, a while back to, to see that form. Um, so, yeah, I think this horse is probably overpriced um, and that may have something to do with the trainer. I don't know if you'd agree, Tris, but I think, you know, when, when they're not coming from these top yards, and you, you must remember that Midnight Shadow has yeah. been around knocking around in these big races, but just doesn't command the respect that some of these other big horses from the big stables do. I actually have chosen my one and has a it does have a form tie with yours. I'll take you back to the 1st of January 2020. Midnight Shadow rated 150, beat Paint the Dream, who was at that point rated 130. If we look at those ratings now, clearly Paint the Dream has improved massively more than midnight shadow midnight shadow now being rated 147 paint the dreams 152 fargo o'brien's had a ridiculous start to the season he's banging in winners left right and center and paint the dream i think could could give him a landmark success for a big season he's clearly a horse on the up that victory last time against man of the mountain looks very smart given that horse had previously taken down a well-touted paul nichols runner himself in magic saint so in the competition i'm going to be having my five pounds each way at starting price on paint the dream i'm hoping to get around 25 to 1 so if that wins it could be a big swinger in our head-to-head this weekend if that wins it may well be curtains for me well yeah i mean you'd have to be tipping some pretty big priced runners you haven't heard what i've got to come mate. <laughs> um well on that note let's leave it there having done two races and we're gonna go for a little break we'll see you after the music welcome back from that quick break Hope you guys are enjoying that music as much as we still are. We absolutely love it. We hope you guys do too. So we've covered two races so far. We're probably going to get to the stage in the afternoon at Cheltenham when things are heating up in the competition. You guys have chosen a forfeit for me and Charlie to do, which we will discuss at the end of the episode. But let's get cracking on with the racing on Saturday afternoon and make a trip over to Lingfield, where we're going to go first through the Golden Rose Stakes, which is a six furlong contest, a fast track qualifier for all weather finals day. Also at Lingfield, looking at the market at the moment, we've got good effort for Ismail Mohammed at fours, Harry's Bar, the ex James Fanshaw, Kempton Superstar at six to one, Misty Grave, Tom Daskam, sevens, Bahrain Pride. And judicial at eights, exalted angel at nines, five thousand to one, and the last lion coming back after a five-year layoff is at twelve to one. Soldiers minute fourteens, and bar that, they're twenty to one. So, looks like a really interesting race down at Lingfield. Who's your selection in this for the head-to-head competition? I've gone with the sprint king here, Carl Burke. 
and uh, the horse's exalted angel. Um, this one has some really good form on the all weather to start off with. Um, he is uh, three wins, four seconds, two thirds from ten runs on the all weather um, in his career at Lingfield. He has actually recorded his two um, highest RPRs, uh, which I think is also something quite significant. That is interesting. Given that this is also run at Lingfield. Yes. His all-weather rating is £10 higher than his turf rating, uh, which would tell you everything. And what I would say is you can just go and ignore those last three runs. He's run fifth, fourth and something with a zero looks like a bit it. of a phone number <laughs> so okay so i'll run you through his form really quickly so uh 15th of april he was fifth of seventh five and a quarter lengths back on the 8th of may he was 35 lengths back four for four it's getting and embarrassing then... <laughs> mate and then on the 5th of june he was eight lengths back 16 of 16 which sounds like quite a close race yeah so yeah doesn't sound great on the face of it but just ignore any run he has on turf he's run nine times one once and one third and the rest of it's been absolute crap so ignore all of that he's a way better horse on the all weather uh, and I think he's going to do really well here. I do think I didn't want him to be drawn in the car park, and I see he's drawn in seven, so I'm happy with that. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, I think we could be happy with that. And one word I do want to just mention the last line. I know you've already given him a word in the intro, but he was last seen winning the middle park where he beat Blue Point, who obviously was uh, multiple group one winner he did the king stand diamond jubilee double in back in 2019 so he's a pretty good horse yeah the last line probably was a good horse whether he still is a good horse is a big question but we're gonna see on saturday one thing you do know is that mark johnson's gonna have him fit i remember ron Priestley coming out in nottingham so ron Priestley coming out in nottingham after a 570 day layoff something crazy like that he smashed it and he, he smashed absolutely it. hosed up he smashed it at four to one he opened up as well yeah, so crazy. look the last lion on on for on on just pure form he's a big price but of course you can't forget he's coming off a 1876 day layoff <laughs> yeah that's a lot of days some of you weren't even born back then in 2016 <laughs> our younger our younger <laughs> listeners probably weren't born back then but we're glad that you're listening for me I really can't look past the favourite here. Good effort. I think it's a very good effort of Ishmael Mohammed to get him back in here. I think it's a good effort of you tipping a favourite. Yeah. It's got to be a bit original. Let's here. remember it's a head-to-head competition and he's valued at fives in my eyes. Um, but he's been globetrotting, globetrotting a bit over the last few runs, uh, clearly to no avail at Belmont last time. But the time before that, a winner in Deauville on the artificial surface there. His last UK all-weather performance. He came second at Newcastle to Andrew Balding's Chill Chill. Now, this one was a fifth-place finish in the Nunthorpe this year and then a third behind Emiratiana in the Haydock Cup sprint, who didn't really disgrace herself when running in the Breeders' Cup, tipped by you last weekend at Del Mar. Now, I think that's really strong sprinting form and we haven't even spoken about Lingfield yet. This horse is three wins from three runs at Lingfield. Having won this race last year, 
I think Connections are keen to pick up this prize, then get him back in the locker, bring him back out in February and win the All-Weather Final. Job done. Five to one. Four to one, I think, now. Yeah, four to one top price. There's still a bit of juice in that and I really see this as my strongest selection of the weekend. So for me, it is good effort. So we've covered that first race at Lingfield. Let's quickly move on to the next one the last race on the card on the saturday card at lingfield the churchill stakes a listed contest over one mile two furlongs for any horse over the age of three currently pile driver the coronation cup champion is heading the market at two to one we'll talk about him later i can see bradbury getting quite riled up in the corner of my eye felix second in the market at five to one for Marco Botti, Fox Tal for Andrew Balding at eights, Herovian for John and Thady Gosden, also eight to one, Via Serendipity for Charlie Fellows at twelves, Chuchelain, Brian Meehan, fourteens, Dubai Warrior for David Lochnane at sixteens, Castena for John and Thady Gosden, twenty fives, bar that fifty to one, you've got Dallin Jujo and Quamanda who are probably not going to win. Interesting race, Pile Driver, obviously first run on the All Weather. You think he's going to win? No. Why? Well, I mean, he actually really could win, of course, but it's not his first run on the all-weather, by the way, just so you know. He has run on the all-weather before at Kempton. He was second behind Berlin Tango of Andrew Boldings, who was quite a promising horse. This was a this was a classic trial at Kempton at Group 3. Uh, he was one and a quarter lengths back in second at, at odds of 40 to 1 that day. yes so he has run on all weather it's so he does it it looks as though he acts on the surface but that's not the point what i want to what i want to find is i want to find a horse that thrives on the all weather rather than just runs on the all weather and i think i've found that in dubai warrior now some people are going to call me crazy because for the second race in a row i've tipped a horse that has lost by a lot of length in their races. <laughs> Dubai, another Dubai another War is even phone worse. number for Brad Bear. Dubai War is even worse. He lost one race by 40 lengths, then another by 29 lengths, and then the most recent by 11 lengths. It really doesn't so why do you want him, why do you want to? Why do you want to back him? He's just switched yards from John Gosden to David Lochnan. Uh, I think they were probably just, they chucked him in in this race to see what he was like. They hadn't quite figured him out yet. And it clearly didn't work out because he did finish last that race, weakening gradually, as the Racing Post report says. But first, I couldn't believe that he was there at 16 to 1. Like on all his UK all weather form, he would be a way shorter price for this. The key for this one here, I think, is the course. He absolutely loves Lingfield. He's got three wins and a neck third in four races over this course and distance. So he clearly really loves it around here and at one mile two as well. Also, if you're if you're looking at just current ratings alone, only Pile Driver, who's rated 120, is actually rated higher than Dubai Warrior. Yeah, Pile Driver is a two to one favourite and Dubai Warrior is in there at 16 to one. Now, it's not. There's no guarantee that he's going to return to his old form, but if he does, he's an absolute monster on the all weather, and I can really, really see him just pissing up in this. 
<laughs> That's quite aggressive, mate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Pissing up might be a bit of exaggeration. Yeah, like, that's fine. A couple of good horses in here, but... It's fine. He has a proven track record of beating these decent turf performers into the ground on the all-weather. And I think he could well do it again here. Like, rather boringly, I... I do fancy the same horse in this race. So for you guys wanting to have a bet, maybe this is one to follow us in on. However, in terms of the competition, for the sake of keeping it interesting, I will put up Foxtel going for a an above average turf horse who has run on the artificial surfaces, going left, go, sorry, going right-handed at Kempton, came third behind Hamish on the 4th of September and Hookham, who is a horse that I absolutely love. The time before that, third behind Tiona and Desert Encounter, who were proper horses. I mean, Tiona was a very good uh, third place behind Yibir in the Breeders' Cup turf just last weekend. I mean, is Desert Encounter a good horse, though? Well, Desert Encounter is one, yes. <laughs> one, two, one, two, Woodbine, uh, internationals in terms of the competition i'll stick up this one it's eight to one and i think if uh if i can get andrew balding to have a winner on the afternoon at lingfield i'll be pretty happy and it will help my case in our head-to-head competition but yeah obviously i do fancy to buy warrior so if you guys are going to have a bet at home then follow us in on that one can i just say on that point by the way fox tiles last win <laughs> last win was set september 2019 <laughs> Yeah, well, so he's due a win. I mean, you could look at. But that can way. I can I can I remind everyone that I'm putting him up for the sake of the competition, and not because I genuinely fancy him. I genuinely fancy Dubai Warrior, so I could be gifting you 160 quid in our competition here for the sake of the competition. So remember that. You might as well give me the money now. He's gonna win. <laughs> give me the money. Um, but yeah. That comes to the end of it. Okay, so we've got... You're going £10 win on Dubai Warrior? Or are you going five I, each way? I think I've got to do it. It's, it's either £10 a blur, win. It's either a blur. <laughs> okay, okay. He wins or he comes dead last. <laughs> and I'm going £10 win on... Actually, no. I'll go £5 each way on Fox Tower. Because I could see this one placing, but he pro- does, he probably does run not winning. He does run into the frame a lot. And if I can come out of this race having not lost any money for the sake of the competition and letting Charlie have Dubai Warrior, who we both fancy, I've already said it about three times, then I'll be a happy man. You're a good man. That is Lingfield covered, those two big races at Lingfield for you. We're now going to go for another quick break. You guys are going to go to bed on Saturday night, and then we're going to come back on Sunday, fresh as a daisy, for two races, one from Cheltenham, the Schler, Chase, yes, the lovely fizzy apple juice drink, and the Morgiana Hurdle at Punchestown, where our good friend Johnny Caulfield will be in attendance. Welcome back to the Midas Touches, episode four. We're now moving on to Sunday's action, as I said before the break, starting with... Morgiana Hurdle from Punchestown. This is a grade one over two miles which has been dominated by Willie Mullins over the past 10 years 
him having won 9 out of the 10, apart from last year when Abracadabra, who comes in again today for Gordon Elliott, took the spoils. Let's look at the market. Right. Echoes in Rain, Willie Mullins, Evans' favourite, for our good friend Craig Keyswetter. Saldier second in the market, also Willie Mullins, 9 to 2. Charger for the same owner, Rich Ritchie, also Willie Mullins, also 9 to 2. Then you've got last year's winner, Abracadabra for Gordon Elliott at fives. Zanahair, Gordon Elliott at tens. And then you've got Stormy Island, who used to be with Paul Nichols, now back at Willie Mullins at 14s. And Durasso for Joseph Patrick O'Brien at 33 to 1. Hit it. Yes, Tris. So you are right in saying Abracadabra won this last year. He's also joined by two other previous winners of this race in Sharjah and Saudier, both trained by Willie Mullins. Obviously, so obviously Echoes and Rain is Mullins's what, best horse in this. Yeah, if you could say the exciting up and coming, the exciting horse is yeah. probably the right word because best would not describe that accurately. I think the best horse of his in this is no, Sharjah. Nineteen pounds off the ratings of the other two, at least exactly i mean crazy exactly so the best horse of willie mullins in this race is charger now charger is um as i said a previous winner of this race uh that was in 2018 when he beat Fahin. unlike the favorite echoes in rain i am not worried about charger's record fresh um he has won multiple races coming off a layoff, uh, including the Matheson Hurdle last year, um, where he is very comfortably uh, he very comfortably beat both Abracadabras and Saldia, who of course reoppose here this day. Uh, his form last year, including that Matheson Hurdle, read one three two two. Um, all those defeats uh, actually came behind the highest rated hurdler in the world in the form of honeysuckle for henry de bromhead um and on that front i think you can say that those defeats are by no means a disappointment at all uh one thing that i cannot understand is that um as i was writing my notes for this race uh Sharjah drifted from nine to four to seven to two and i'm looking at now he's now nine to two for this race uh so there are no jockey bookings yet, so there might be a slight worry that he's not going here, but I can't see why he wouldn't. Uh, Tris, I don't know if you have any insight on that. Uh, sadly not. And I'm also in two minds here, and I, I might bite myself. I've got a tip signing up at short notice. I had Zana here logged into my book. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to stick with him. Obviously, Willie Marlin's got a very strong hold on this race with those two previous winners supposedly lining up here but I'm happy to take him on here because he's not had a winner for 20 days which is crazy for for a trainer like Willie Mullins who's absolutely dominated the Cheltenham Festival usually dominates throughout the season and then coming into spring everyone knows what he does he's an he's a monster he wins everything he's not had a winner for 20 days not from eight in the last 14. 
Gordon Elliott is plugging away nicely with 20 winners from his last 74 runners. So for me, it then comes between Abracadabra and Zana here. And I'm going I'm to go for the latter here uh, because this one was really set to be a superstar last year, going off 11 to 8 for the triumph, when at that point was trained by Denise Sneezy Foster. But sadly, Zana could only finish fourth on that day. When we look at his reappearance in the WKD hurdle this season, he looked electric, beating no slugger in Cask Mate, who's rated 137. Obviously, on rating, Zanahir's got a lot to find with the, the Mullins trio. Well, the, the Mullins duo, the previous winners. But with Gordon plugging along nicely and Willie seemingly desperate for a winner, I think Zanahir could etch himself in the champion hurdle frame on Sunday in the Morgiana hurdle. And it would do wonders for my head-to-head battle against you. That's very bold. But I like it. Nice. Yeah, we like being bold on this podcast, which is why we're also trying to book a very exciting guest for you guys in the next two weeks. News to follow. Enough about that for now. So that's that race done. The Morgiana hurdle ticked off. A £10 win for me on Zanahir and for Charlie, a £10 win on Sharjah. So that's that, the Morgiana Hurdle. Completo. So let's move on to the final race that we're going to cover this weekend. The Schler Chase, the 220 at Cheltenham, a two-mile grade two, also known as the Cheltenham Chase. I'm going to go first here because I let you tip up Dubai Warrior at 16 to 1 earlier. And I know that we're on the same horse here. Put the kettle on. The favourite, the banker of the weekend for Henry de Bromhead and Aidan Coleman. Firstly, starting on the jockey. He's currently riding out of his skin. He's had 10 winners from his last 27 runners, which is a strike rate of 38%, which is unheralded at the moment. I think he's. I think she's got the measure over Nubi Negra, having beaten that horse in the Queen Mother Champion Chase back in March. She's rock solid on her return. She always seems to give her her best. She won this race last year. She gets the mayor's allowance of £7, which is really going to help her cause. And crucially, she's a four from four, a perfect four from four at Cheltenham. We know how horses that have run well at Cheltenham tend to run well again when they come back, given that it's such a unique track with all of its undulations, a quick downhill, straight, uh, back straight, and then a steep, stiff finish towards the finishing line. For me, Put the Kettle On is rock solid and she is going to bring home the bacon in the head-to-head competition this weekend. Anyway, Anyway, on to your selection. Yeah, so I'm going to tip the Dylan Skelton. Sorry, I mean Dan, Dan Skelton. Yes. Dan, sorry. Dan Skelton trained Nube Negra. So that'll be the second tip I've given for Dan. Um, big fan of that yard. Who, Dan's or Dylan? Dan's. Dan's yard. Dan's yard. Sorry, yeah. that was a, I don't know, Freudian slip. Weird. Weird. Um, 
so Nubi Negra is sort of one of those up and comers in this division. And I think probably quite an exciting horse. Um, obviously, on known form, he would be held by Put the Kettle on, uh, that defeat in the Queen Mother Champion Chase last year at Cheltenham. Uh, would suggest that but that was by no means a bad run at all previous to that he'd in fact gone and beaten the mighty Altior, um who is trained by friend of the podcast uncle Nicky yes this is true this is and also that was on reappearance as well which is that strong. yes that well that was that was my next point actually Sorry. uh no don't worry. honestly it's absolutely fine at least the point's been made uh because yeah he's he has so that was after a 323 day break he was first out your time before the break before that uh or what, 173 day break uh he was first again um so yeah he goes well enough fresh um i think he's pretty solid without screaming out as a really good bet to me but i'm gonna put him up because obviously you stole my original tip and put the castle on and as you say we want to keep things interesting and because he was bred in spain right oh yeah sorry that was my last point he was bred in spain um he used to be trained by j a where is it j a lopez lopez uh, I assume Juan Lopez, <laughs> though I don't it's know. Likely, it is likely. Um, he Once was a bit with of, Juan now with Dan. He was a bit of a course specialist at La Zarzuela. <laughs> um, that is that is a phenomenal Spanish accent. Thanks very much. Uh, but yeah, he's come come a long way since then. And what a what a purchase from Dan Skelton. The guy's very shrewd. I think it was he picked him up for sort of like something like nineteen thousand guineas i think if memory serves me correctly um yeah but i might be wrong with me so don't fact check that so come to 25 on sunday afternoon we're gonna know who has to do the forfeit that you guys suggested for us i hope it's not me and also i hope that we get some winners on the podcast this week it feels like we've given some strong selections that should have good chances in their respective races we were requested by one of our listeners to give tips for Punchestown over the weekend. I'm going to put up Fancy Foundations in the 12.30 on Sunday for Gordon Elliott. And Charlie has basically... I'll, I'll just, well, I'll just stick with Charger because obviously we've already tipped nice. him up. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to stick to my guns on that one and have a bit of fun with that at 9 to 2. And then obviously keep your eye on Bob Ollinger who's going to make his chasing debut this weekend as well. So monster that horse. It really is an unbelievably exciting weekend. And obviously with this head-to-head competition that we've been running throughout the programme, we will keep you guys updated on how the results are doing and we'll let you know what the forfeit's going to be prior to the competition and obviously who's going to be doing it after the competition ends. That is all we've got time for today. It's been a pleasure as always to make this podcast for you guys we hope you're enjoying it it's our fourth episode now and we think that things have improved a lot since we started out i think maybe we're relaxing a little bit more doing it we hope you guys feel relaxed whilst listening to it i don't know charlie how do you feel 
Feel good? Yeah, I've been enjoying it. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, the music's going to be playing in the background when we actually... Um, so you've got to sound cool. I'm just a backup part in this anyway. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Charlie's happy. I'm happy. Just make sure that you guys are telling your friends you are rating, reviewing, and sharing. And we can't wait for you guys to listen and follow the competition this weekend. We'll see you guys next week. It's a goodbye from me, Tris Tusa. And it's a goodbye from me, Charlie Bradford. Goodbye.